0: The final day of the month. Examine yourselves, and only then eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For all who eat and drink without discerning the body eat and drink judgment against themselves. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 28 through 29. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24. Today we engage in end-of-the-month self-evaluation. The passage from 1 Corinthians quoted above has often been misunderstood as a warning against receiving Holy Communion. Paul does this statement after criticizing the Corinthians' practice at the common meal. But his concern is that their malpractice reflected a failure to understand what it is to be a community of faith in which each one cares for and about all the others. Their selfishness, while at table, created a situation in which the poor, who arrived late after a hard day of work, found that all of the food at the evening meal had already been eaten by the affluent. Paul asserted that this betrayed the fact that the congregation at Corinth did not discern what it means to be the body of Christ. Therefore, profound self-examination was in order. Our communion practices are quite different, but the need for periodic self-evaluation is no less necessary in other areas of our lives. The final day of the month provides a convenient schedule for such examination found in today's order below. This day can be an occasion for fasting or abstinence for those who have no illnesses that forbids such practices. Fasting may mean foregoing food and drink, except for water and perhaps juices for part of a day or an entire day. Abstinence may mean being a vegetarian for a day if ordinarily you are not. Such practices are ways of indicating to God our seriousness about self-discipline. In addition, fasting reveals how much time and attention we normally give to food. The time not used for these activities today can be devoted to prayer and to the kind of extended self-examination suggested below. Finally, fasting enables us to identify with those who are perpetually hungry. Many Christians contribute to the poor the money saved when not eating. Because Sunday perpetually commemorates the resurrection of the Lord, the Church is taught that the Lord's Day can never be a fasting day. When Sunday is the closing a day of the month, Saturday or Monday may be used as a fast day instead. It has also been the custom to exclude fasting throughout the entire great 50 days, from Easter Day through the day of Pentecost. Those who cannot or prefer not to fast may find other ways to make this a distinctive day at the close of every month, such as by giving up watching television, or social media, or maybe taking on a task, such as an extra time of Bible reading or, or edifying literature. Because no form of self-examination can be devised that fits everyone, you will undoubtedly wish to evaluate yourself in areas not listed below. Therefore, follow this order. Uh, you're encouraged to write um, and reflect and meditate. Um, you'll also find the words uh, to the examination on our Facebook page. Opening prayer. Give me honesty and integrity, O Lord, that I may carefully probe both my actions and my motivations with a view to reforming those that are in need of remedy. Help me to put aside self-deception and defensiveness and to acknowledge that I am indeed a sinner, yet one who knows the power of grace and covets the joy of transformation. Search me and know my heart and lead me in the way everlasting through Christ, who died for our sins and rose for our justification. Amen. Psalm 150. Hallelujah. Praise God in his holy house of worship. Praise him under the open skies. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his magnificent greatness Praise with a blast on the trumpet. Praise by strumming soft strings. Praise him with castanets and dance. Praise him with banjo and flute. Praise him with cymbals and a big bass drum. Praise him with fiddles and mandolin. Let everything breathing creature praise God. Hallelujah. From the book of Esther, chapter 9, and then the first three verses of chapter 10. Now in the twelfth month, that is the month of Adar, on the thirteenth day when the king's command and edict were about to be executed, on the day when the enemies of the Jews hoped to gain the mastery over them, it was turned to the contrary so that the Jews themselves gained the mastery over those who hated them. The Jews assembled in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Asuras to lay hands on those who sought their harm, and no one could stand before them, for the dread of them had befallen on all the people." Even all the princes of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, and those who were doing the king's business, assisted the Jews, because the dread of Mordecai had fallen on them. Indeed, Mordecai was great in the king's house, and his fame spread throughout all the provinces. For the man Mordecai became greater and greater. Thus the Jews struck all their enemies with a sword, killing and destroying, and they did what they pleased to those who hated them. At the citadel in Susa, the Jews killed and destroyed five hundred men, and Parshadantha, Dolphin, Aspatha, Baratha, Adalia, Aradatha, Parmashatha, Arasai, Aradai, and Vizatha, the ten sons of Haman, the sons of Hamadatha, the Jews' enemy, but they did not lay their hands on the plunder. On that day the number of those who were killed at the citadel in Susa was reported to the king. The king said to Queen Esther, "'The Jews have killed and destroyed five hundred men and the ten sons of Haman at the citadel of Susa. What then they have done in the rest of the king's provinces?' Now what is your petition? It shall even be granted, and what is your further request? It shall also be done. Then said Esther, If it pleases the king, let tomorrow also be granted to the Jews who are in Susa to do according to the edict of today, and let Haman's ten sons be hanged on the gallows. So the king commanded that it should be done so, and an edict was issued in Susa, and Haman's ten sons were hanged. The Jews who were in Susa assembled on the fourteenth day of the month of Adar, and killed three hundred men in Susa, But they did not lay their hands on the plunder. Now the rest of the Jews were in the king's provinces, assembled, to defend their lives and rid themselves of their enemies, and killed seventy-five thousand of those who hated them. But they did not lay their hands on the plunder. This was done on the thirteenth day of the month of Adar, and on the fourteenth day they rested and made it a day of feasting and rejoicing. But the Jews who were in Susa assembled on the thirteenth and the fourteenth of the same month, and they rested on the fifteenth day and made it a day of feasting and rejoicing. Therefore, the Jews of the rural areas, who live in the rural towns, make the fourteenth day of the month Adar a holiday for rejoicing and feasting, and sending portions of food to one another. Then Mordecai recorded these events, and he sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus both near and far, obliging them to celebrate the fourteenth day of the month Adar and the fifteenth day of the same month annually. Because on those days the Jews rid themselves of their enemies, and it was a month which was turned for them from sorrow into gladness, and from mourning into a holiday, that they should make them days of feasting and rejoicing, and sending portions of food to one another and gifts to the poor. Thus the Jews undertook what they had started to do, and what Mordecai had written to them. For Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Akagite, the adversaries of all the Jews, had schemed against the Jews to destroy them and cast pure, that is the lot, to disturb them and destroy them. But when it came to the king's attention, he commanded by letter that his wicked scheme, which he had devised against the Jews, should return on his own head, and that he and his son should be hanged on the gallows. Therefore they called these days Purim, after the name Pur, and because of the instructions in this letter, both what they had seen in this regard and what had happened to them, The Jews established and made a custom for themselves and for their descendants and for all who allied themselves with them, so that they would not fail to celebrate these two days according to their regulation and according to their appointed time annually. So these days were to be remembered and celebrated throughout every generation, every family, every province, and every city, and these days appear and were not to fail from among the Jews, or their memory fade from their descendants." Then Queen Esther, daughter of Abael, with Mordecai the Jew, wrote with full authority to confirm the second letter about Purim. He sent letters to all the Jews, to the one hundred and twenty seven provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus, namely, words of peace and truth, to establish these days of Purim at their appointed times, just as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther had established for them, and just as they had established for themselves and for their descendants, with instructions for their times of fasting and their lamentations. The command of Esther established these customs for Purim, and it was written in the book. Now, King Ahasuerus laid a tribute on the land and on the coastlands of the sea, and all the accomplishments of his authority and strength, and the full account of the greatness of Mordecai to which the king advanced him, are they not written in the books of the chronicles the kings of Medea and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was second only to King Ahasuerus, and great among the Jews and in favor with his many kinsmen, one who sought the good of his people, and one who spoke for the welfare of his whole nation." From the book of Acts, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. After the uproar had ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and when he had exhorted them and taken his leave of them, he left to go to Macedonia. When he had gone through those districts and had given them much exhortation, he came to Greece, and there he spent three months, and when a plot was formed against him by the Jews as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia, and when he was accomplished by Superter of Berea, the son of Pyrrhus, and by Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians, and Gaius of Derby, and Timothy, and Tychicus, and Trophimus of Asia. But these had gone on ahead and were waiting for us at Trous. We sailed from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and came to them at Trous within five days, and there we stayed seven days. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them intending to leave the next day, and he prolonged his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered together, and there was a young man named Eutychus sitting on the window sill, sinking into a deep sleep. And as Paul kept on talking, he was overcome by sleep and fell down from the third floor and was picked up dead. But Paul went down and fell upon him, and after embracing him, he said, Do not be troubled, for his life is in him. When he had gone back up, and had broken the bread and eaten. He talked with them a little while longer until daybreak and then left. They took away the boy alive and were greatly comforted. But we, going ahead to the ship, set sail for Assos, intending from there to take Paul on board, for so he had arranged it, intending himself to go by land. And when he met us at Assos, we took him on board and came to Mytilene. Sailing from there, we arrived from the following day opposite Chios, and the next day we crossed over to Samos, and the next day we came to Miletus, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he would not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hurrying to be in Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. From the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 4, verses 38-44. through 44. Then he got up and left the synagogue, and entered Simon's home, Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him to help her. And standing over her, he rebuked the fever, and it left her, and she immediately got up and waited on them. While the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and laying his hands on each of them, he was healing them. Demons also were coming out of many, shouting, "'You are the Son of God!' But rebuking them, he would not allow them to speak, because they knew him to be the Christ." When day came, Jesus left and went to a secluded place, and the crowds were searching for him and came to him and tried to keep him from going away from them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. So he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. These are the readings of the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Prayer for Saturday Prepare our hearts, O Lord, to join together with your whole congregation, to praise and serve you. Reveal your presence to all who will gather in adoration and self-offering. To those who cannot for good reason go gladly into your house, give your strength and consolation, that they may know of the concern of their communities of faith. Make us receptive to your word for us, and enable us to know and do your will. Bind your people together in a shared faith, a common witness, and compassionate service to the world, through Jesus our Savior. Amen. Self-examination. In the month now ended, to what extent have I identified God's work in my life in making me more compassionate toward the needs of individuals, in giving me resolve to do what I can to remedy the deep ills of society, particularly all forms of abuse and exploitation that demean God's daughters and sons, and giving me greater spiritual discernment while at prayer, particularly in the study of the scriptures. Have I prayed earnestly for peace and given thanks for all who seek to bring it about? How have I worked toward it in my own community, in my own family, To what extent have I worked to preserve and protect the physical world around me by conserving its resources and refraining from those practices which upset its delicate balances of life? To what extent have I, during this past month, participated in the ministries of the congregation to which I belong, or of other religious groups within my community? How have I supported those in sorrow, pain, and confusion? and others who are distraught, those who have suffered from natural disasters. What support have I given to new members in the congregation, particularly to those who at their baptism I promised, together with the whole people of God in this place, to nurture and undergird with prayer? Am I more aware now than before of the extent of the Church across the whole earth and of the many problems faced by fellow Christians? Have I been faithful in both the private and public worship of God? In the long range, looking beyond the month just ended, what growth do I see in my walk with God across the years? What threats to committed discipleship have I overcome? What threats still challenge me? What growth in grace do I wish to achieve in the future? Have I remembered to give thanks to God for all progress I see and to seek earnestly from God the power to follow more fully? Prayer for the Close of Self Examination. O God, mercifully forgive the wrong I've done and the good I've neglected to do, but let not your forgiveness be used by me as an excuse to continue in my old ways. Rather, let your kindness alter what I am and do. Restore in me the image of yourself with which you endowed me at creation. Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Christ, have mercy upon me, a penitent. Lord, have mercy upon me and make me whole. Amen. The Apostles' Creed